Welcome back to another bonus episode of Enlightened Empath. Today we're really excited to welcome Brenda Safford. Brenda is currently a tenured professor at Quinsigaman Community College. Before accepting this appointment, she served as a coordinator of missions and was an adjunct faculty at the college for more than nine years. Previously, Brenda worked at YWCA of Central Massachusetts as the agency's first director of women's economic empowerment when she oversaw programming that empowered women to achieve economic independence. Previously, she served as the director of multicultural affairs at Assumption College. Brenda is active volunteer in having served on the board of directors, YWCA, Worcester Youth Center, board of trustees at QCC, president League of Women Voters Worcester, and serves on the League of Women Voters State Board of Directors. She's also the recipient of numerous awards for community service and leadership, including the National Institute for Staff and Organizational Development for Teaching Excellence, Commonwealth Citation for Outstanding Performance, YWCA's Catherine F. Erskine Award, Community Build Youth Institute Volunteer Award, Girl Scouts of Central and Western Massachusetts Women of Distinction Award, YMCA Minority Achiever, City of Worcester Advisory Board for Affirmative Action, the Greater Worcester Community Foundation Scholarship Committee, and the Regional ACE Inaugural Award. Brenda received her associate degree from Quinsigamon Community College and her master's and bachelor's degrees in human services and rehabilitation counseling from Assumption University. With a bio like that, I mean, oh my goodness, it is so, so wonderful to welcome you here today, Brenda. Thank you. Thank you, Denise. It's a pleasure and an honor to be here with you. Well, thank you. And it's an honor to have you here with me today, Brenda. Thank you very much. We've chatted quite a bit over the last few years. And even though we have different backgrounds and different experiences, we both have a very similar philosophy about people about wanting to empower people to step up, to find their own truth, to really uh, make the most of who they came here to be. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, when you read, when someone read your bio to you, you and you, you kind of blush because you're kind of embarrassed at the same time. But I'm really proud of my, my work because I, I'm committed to it. First is being a woman. Being a female in this world, as difficult as it is, we survive it, right? <laughs> the common denominator that we have is first we are human beings and we have to find out who we are. I think the most important lesson in life is finding out who you are. Because before you can help anyone, you have to know who you are first, right? You have to serve yourself first and you have to serve it with dignity. You got to find out and seek your integrity. And for you to move forward, you have to walk into you. And I really believe that I teach my students that I teach women that is in my presence or in my space to have that courageous conversation. And this would lead you to the road you want to be. But I do believe this. And we talked about this, Denise, is that COVID did a spiritual cleansing for a lot of people in this world. And it made you just really deal with who you were when you looked in the mirror. Uh, how did you like, if you were alone, 
How did you deal with an isolation and disconnect from people? Uh, how did you work with your children that you usually take them to daycare and now you had them in the home or your whole family was there working from home? How did you navigate that in your soul, in your mind and in your body? And I think was coming out of, we're not free of the pandemic, but what's coming out of the pandemic is this. Women, especially, I've noticed this, are saying, I wanna take a risk on me. I wanna do something that I want to do, that I have a passion for, and I'm going to risk it and do it. Not think about it, not dream about it, but they are taking a step into it and they are doing it. And I think it's the best action plan to save your soul. You know, cause we give to our children, we give to our spouses, we give to anyone that, that has this compassion for human beings. And if you have this compassion to help human beings and want the best for the world, this is what's happening to us right now. We wanna take a risk on us. As individuals. I love that because it's so simplistic. That's a global message. Empowering women, which also leads to empowering everyone. And you made a really good point, Brenda. Finding that within yourself and figuring out who you are before you start expounding to everyone else who you are is the key, especially as empaths. Because realizing you're okay exactly the way you are is the first step. When you said about COVID has made us all look in the mirror a little bit, I think, I think as we come together in unity and help each other realize that it takes people identifying being an individual to truly become a part of the collective healing that's trying to happen. I do too. I, I you know, I really do. And, you know, I, I, I like the part that women are, taking ownership of saying, I don't want the media to identify where I should be or how I should look or how I should be in this world. I don't want the CEOs of corporations saying, I can't have that job. I don't want, it's all these things that's happening at once. And I think, you know, when you look at the last presidential election and it was black women who put Biden in office, that was a huge statement, huge statement. And it wasn't just because the color of their skin, it was like women collectively made it happen. And so that's the power of yes. country, right? This is the, this is, you know, we always knew as women, we're the one that make it happen, <laughs> right? Yes. <laughs> you, know, you know, we nurturing, we take care of home, we take care of the kids. And just saying that, that's a lot of work. When a woman is in her house and she has a family, that person who she's married to, the partner she has, they have to recognize and learn that they, they don't control that house. It is that woman. It is that woman that controls. This is what I like about women because women, we know how to play the role. We know how to play the role. You know, we could be at work and you know, we already have figured out when we get to the table of discussing the problem. We already know what the problem is, who created the problem probably. And we already have a solution in our mind, but we have to play the game and go sit at the table in the meeting and suggest things. But we already know the answer. 
because we can figure things out that quickly. But we would never get recognized for that intelligence, right? Because it's it's a it's a very and now that's shift. Yeah, and I think that's the shift that's happening. Women, people are are finding their voice and saying, "I'm not going to just make suggestions now. I'm actually going to be the person that really implements these changes." It's very exciting. Yeah, yeah I mean, I think it's exciting, you know, because. You know, a lot of people say, you know, you're so strong. It's that, no, I know my voice, right? Uh, you know, Denise, when you have a feeling and you get an intuition and it's just either you have a chill or, you know, how they say your hair stands up on your arm, you know, and you just have that feeling. Yes. And women are not afraid. Most women, I'm not going to say all, but most women when it comes to the children, they're like a, a lion or a bear when it comes to, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? But right. we, have, we have that same energy at work of trying to get things done. That's why we're so, such good workers, I think. I agree. And I think a lot of men, and I'm not bashing men because I, I like and respect men and I'm the mother of sons. But I will say a lot of men well, well, I'd say they love strong, independent women. And then when they, they actually need to interact with them, they may not quite understand the dynamics of, of what that really entails. I, I think this goes for everyone, though. It doesn't matter if it's a, a male-female, female-female, male-male, cis-non-binary. It's honoring that feminine divine and also that internal masculine and finding the balance. So neither is put to be less. I do think the pandemic has been a part of bridging this divide and bringing those two sides together. I love, love, love your expression of a spiritual cleanse. And I I think this is happening throughout the world right now. The pandemic has also helped women redefine their roles. Yes, I'm a mother, I'm a spouse, a daughter, a sister, but I can also go into my work place and community and have my voice be heard as an equal participant. And that's part of this beautiful shift that's happening. We don't have to lose one over the other, which leads to this becoming a gorgeous, empowering shift for women and people in general. It's just soul searching. This is the basic soul searching. And when you put spirit spirituality in, in the mix, it becomes a mission. It becomes, you become a soldier and you're defending you, your spirit, your, your emotions. So when you have that voice, that's the reason it's so strong right now, because it's coming from a real place, um, integrity. It's coming from a place yes. of truth. It's coming from a place of lived experience. Uh, it's coming from pain. It's coming from all those areas that, we really didn't have a platform to really speak up as far as a woman. And you see a lot of products that's being made, inventions being made and created for women, by women. Mm-hmm. So this cultural shift, I call it a cultural shift, because you can say being a woman. Right. But there's a culture of being a woman. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and the culture of being a woman in the United States is, has been a struggle, has been a point of survival. 
for many years for women. And now we have a chance to say, no, I don't like that. Mm -hmm. And no, I don't, I don't want to do that job anymore. I mean, I've done it for years. It, it paid the bills. It did what it was the purpose of it. Yes. But I want to do what I want to do. So I so, can but by myself. Right. What are some ways that you help to your students or some of the volunteer work that you do? Or what are some things that you do to help people find their voice? Well, first, I create a safe space. I believe that. I think that I am a change agent with that. I think people find me comfortable to talk with. And yes. I, I use this as a tool because I know that if I create a safe space and they, it's not trust yet because that develops. But if you create a safe space to have an honest communication, um, that's when things would happen. And I find in my experience, people, when they're talking with me, we're talking about some subjects that is very hard to talk about. Mm -hmm. And when, if they can talk with me and I'm not judgmental, I'm uh, listening is very key and listening to understand is more valuable and in um, those conversations and yeah, women are ready to talk if they can. And if you hear them, it validates them. Can those skills transfer over into every aspect of life? But you, you made a very, very important point of holding a safe enough place because it is very vulnerable to step out of your comfort zone. And that may be as a woman in the work environment, it may be in a spouse in a relationship where you haven't had an equal say. It may be standing up to the narcissistic people in your life, but finding finding someone or a situation where you can, where someone believes in you and hears what you really have to say and accept you for who you are without judgment, finding those skills and those, those stepping stones to say, I'm okay the way I am and you, you can hear what I have to say and, and actually be able to stand behind what you're saying and believe it. Yes. Yes. And I, <laughs> I, I just, I just think too, Denise is basically you have to be genuine. You have to be real. And only way that you can be real to others, you have to be real to yourself first. See the flaws, see the strength in you, see your strengths, see your weaknesses, and be honest with it and know who you are, know what your limits are, right? And when you really take a deep, deeper dive in you, it's life-changing. It is so life-changing. But I also think that it, it may be a, a new behavior for a lot of people to put themselves at the front of that line or to speak their voice or to, so it, it might take uh, little steps. It might take little comfort zone things, stepping out of your comfort zone a little tiny bit, but the more and more you practice. And I think that's another byproduct of the pandemic for mm -hmm. a lot of us. If it's not real and true and genuine, there's no room for it. 
whether that is in a workforce, in a school setting, politically, uh, economically. And haven't you found in your own life, Brenda, that if people aren't real and true, it's much more difficult to share space with them. We can hold space, we can be congenial, but as far as truly interacting on a soul heart-to-heart level, it becomes really, really difficult at this time in life. But, Denise, if you find your true self, right. you do this work on you. When you find out that space is negative and, or it's a negative force, right? It's, you know how to get out of that. And it's really weird. I don't know about you, but when I am walking in my light, I hope you can understand that piece. It's like when you're walking in your light, it's almost, it's pointed out to you like, no, it's not ready yet. It's not that that person is not worth your your time or effort. It's like they're not ready yet. Exactly. That's how I look at it. Yeah. If that person comes back to me in another time, or if that person comes to me at another place, I'm there for them. Mm-hmm. But at that moment, another person may not be ready for you. Right. And you can't lose yourself in the mix because someone else isn't ready for your truth. And, right. and none of what we're talking about is about being abrasive or, or acrimonious or adversarial or, or pushy. or It's none of that. It's about feeling strong enough with yourself to truly be. When you say walking in your light, I always think of people having an individual soul seed to divine. And we all came with this beautiful, unique vibration thumbprint. Spirit knew what they were doing when we when we were put here. And I feel like part of stepping into your truth and your power is aligning with your own frequency and saying, I know I came to make a difference and this is how I can do it. Yes. Beautiful put. I love those words you just said because I couldn't I couldn't say it any better. Well, but I, I think truly is we both want to, and, and I, we've chatted about this so many times, is to empower other people to find their own inner knowing in light, to realize you are enough, you can do this, you don't have to constantly swim against the current, you just have to align with what you know in your heart to be true. Yes. And so with this this new empowerment of women and this people finding their voice and stepping into their truth. Mm-hmm. Do you see, because you are at a college level and you are active in your community, do you see subtle shifts with it happening? Well, you know, okay. So as far as my classroom, well, let me explain to you when I first, you know, the first week of class, I have students who are, you know, they don't know what to expect. Like my first year class, I teach a first year mm-hmm. class, right? Yeah. They don't know what to expect. So this is my speech I give to them. I say, I don't know you and you don't know me, but this is your, I'm your professor. But let me explain to you what a professor is. My job is to create a space that is comfortable for learning. You and I are going to be partners in this and see how this is developed. I am not an expert. I make mistakes. I'm human. If you tell me that I made a mistake, it would only make me teach better. If you make a mistake or don't understand something, it's my responsibility to get that resource or that knowledge and share it with you. So now you know, and you increased your knowledge. 
but we do this together. It's not that I'm the one that give you the grade and you got to do everything the way I want it. We're doing this together. We develop together. And by the end of the semester, if you learned one thing, to me, I did my job. And I think from that conversation that I have with them, it sets them at ease. And they feel like they're part of their learning experience. They feel like they can talk to me. And it, and it happens. We get very close during the semester. And we can have some tough subjects. And they share with me some of those insecurities and doubts about the world. But the thing that I tell people all the time, never to, don't, don't doubt young people because they're thinking too. Right. And they are very... They're on a different level <laughs> yeah. of thinking. And it's like, I learned so much from them. And they love teaching me as I love teaching them. Yeah. And so we're so appreciative by the end of the semester. And they, you know, they just don't want to leave. And I said, you have to go on. I just, I'm part of your journey. And I'm glad I was part of your journey, but you have to go and represent you. And continue and reach your goals, right? It's a good process. And that's the same thread of holding a safe place for people to fail and to succeed, yes. but also to find their own voice. And that seems to be the thread in all of your work of we have to find a way that people can realize... And even the, the comparison in social media, we can go into all of that, but that's not what we're talking about here today. We're mm -hmm. talking about no matter who we speak with in our lives, we're making an active choice. Am I here to reach my hand out and help this person step up? Or am I looking for a way to keep them small? Right. And from what you're saying, and, and isn't that fun to watch that progression you know, when I taught special services and I would take these students or these students would come into my program and by the end, they would be self-sufficient and, and engaged and doing all things that people never saw that potential in them. And part of people finding their voice is encouraging them to step into their potential in whatever that looks like for them. Yes. Yes. You know, the thing that... Um in my classroom, I can have students that are student prepared, they prepared students, they ready to, to step up. I have students that are challenged with disabilities. I have students that are language barriers. So it's a whole mix. What I get at the end is they say, you made me feel important and that I can do it. You Don't know. you find that's the key? That's the key to all of this is when you see the individual and you help them realize they're safe enough to express who they really are, Right. then they're allowed to fully acknowledge that within themselves. Exactly. And, you know, and I tell a lot of people don't know about empowerment. And, you know, you hear people say, oh, I have her do this or the reason she did that and successful, it was because of me. Right. Mm -hmm. And I said, no, empowerment is, you can have all the resources and trying to help the person with, a, uh, with their problems and trying to resolve it, but only change comes from individuals. Right. Because a person can listen to you and if they don't listen to what you have to say and try to apply it, if they don't 
read what you told them to read or go to an agency to get the help, they never will get help, right? Mm -hmm. Go and they listen and they, they process and they say, I'm going to do it. The empowerment came from within them. Yes. That's beautifully no, said. Because there's no I in empowerment. Right. People get that mixed up all the time, you know, and it's like, no, because it would never work. It's not about no one's self-empowerment takes away from anyone else. Right. It's, it's very individual and mm -hmm. it's a beautiful gift to encourage someone to see who they are. And one of the signs I get a lot in spirit is I'll see when I'm doing a reading is I'll see spirit leading someone into a house of mirrors and, and showing them, look, it's you, it's you, it's you. And really like realize that who you are and what you came here to do is exactly spot on with who you are as an individual. Yes. And you can be a part of the collective. I think fear, I really think fear holds people back fear of being judged or, of being knocked down or because of past incidents, how can we, it, you and I, all of us are people who are listening. How can we help the people find that in themselves? And, and yes, we can hold safe space and we can encourage and we provide resources, but I really think seeing people for who they are and saying, it doesn't matter. And one of, this is a little blunt, so forgive me. One of my sons was going through a situation and I said, he said, well, I'm just going to follow your rule. And I said, what is that? And he said, Am I being a good guy or am I being an ass? And I said, okay, that's a good rule. <laughs> that's very healthy. I love that. <laughs> and it's that simple. It really yeah. is that simple. But we've made it so much more. And people are overwhelmed and confused right now. And, and rightfully so. This is an amazing, amazing time to be on the planet. I, I really believe that. You know, when I talked to my granddaughter, you know, ever since she was born, she got this mean look. And she, <laughs> you know, and she doesn't cry. And when my husband was alive, he used to, oh, they were buddies. Because mm -hmm. he, he could communicate with her in a way that it was different from anyone else, right? Right. So now, you know, she's 10 years old. And when I started practicing with her when she was seven, and I look in her eyes and I said, use your voice. Tell mm -hmm. me what's wrong. Oh. And so she looks at me and I said, I, I'm just saying, use your voice. And mm -hmm. now she said, I said, words are powerful and they describe what you're feeling. But if you don't describe it to me, I will never know what's happening in your heart. And so she began to talk and you could see the relief, mm -hmm. um, but she is a hard one to crack on that one. You know, like she, she's very determined, but now she's using her voice, not strongly, but it's coming, it's coming together. And I still think patience. Yes. And I think patience goes a long way when you're working with a person that is struggling with that self-exploration of self. I mean, you know, when mm -hmm. they, you know, when they really looking at that real look like, okay, this is, I'm being honest. This is my flaws. This is my, you know, my strengths, da, da, da. but it takes patience to watch a person develop into that, who they are, because 
you can't put a time limit. Just like grief, you can't put a time limit on grief. No. Each individual have to go through that process the way they have to go through it. I mean, you can't rush them. You can't say slow, you know, da, 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 because it becomes judgment, right? Right. Beautiful gift to give your granddaughter is to teach her at a young age to find her own voice Mm -hmm. and be able to use that to express her emotions, but also it, it just feels like it's a beautiful foundation for her entire life. And I mean, if she's she, if she came onto the planet with a mean look, then she probably isn't a shrinking violet. So she 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 has a voice in there. <laughs> yes, yes. But you know what I'm afraid of? I'm afraid of quiet people. When I see a person that is quiet in the room when I'm talking or teaching, I keep my eye on them because quiet people are very strong. Yes, and they're great. Yes. They observe it and they're listeners. So I pay attention to the, I don't really pay attention to the loud ones, right? I pay attention to the quiet <laughs> ones. <laughs> that's quiet. a really good point because a lot of times, yes. And, and helping the quiet people feel safe enough in, a, a, and this goes back to our listeners who are empaths and may not feel that they're comfortable expressing who they really are in a group of people. Right. But you're right. Some of the most insightful, uh, inquisitive, they, they see life, but you're, you're spot on. They've observed, they've absorbed, they've really, they, they keep an eye on all the dynamics in the room. Yes. Yes. And let me tell you, it's many times in my life, I, I leave a meeting or a conference or something and the person I identified as being quiet and I'm thinking they judging me or they didn't like what I said because yeah. they, they didn't show any, you know, body language or anything. Right. And they come up and they have remembered whatever I had said and just want to talk about it a little bit more. Right. And it was so insightful what they were sharing with me that I was the student and they became the teacher. And I've always been amazed by that, always. But that's what I love about your energy is you have all of these accolades and degrees and you're a professor and all of those things, but you're always willing to learn from someone else who may not even realize that they have something to share or something to teach. And that's the key in this conversation is no one is better or worse or more or less if you've stepped into your truth because there's someone out there that needs to hear what you have to say. Yes, I agree. That's, I live, that's what I live by. Right. Holding space for people is an underrated skill, in my opinion. <laughs> you can always have the person in the room that will, hey, you know, showboat and hey, look at me and, and all of those other things. But for someone who can truly, and, and this is another thing I'll say, someone who could walk into a country club, a bar, a church, a synagogue, a grocery store, and talk to anyone, and that person feels valued and seen, that to me is someone who has, is exemplifying exactly what you're talking about, is it does not matter who it is, you're seeing that soul light in them and encouraging them to realize they're okay exactly the way they are. Right. 
You know, I want to share a story with you. My husband was stationed in Fort Campbell, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And, um, I had this friend, her name was Brenda too. And, but she was a hillbilly. And mm-hmm. everybody talked about her house was dirty and she was, she was always barefooted in her kids. But I understood it. She was just country, as I say, right? Um, mm-hmm. Right. So, Right. So I understood her coming from Texas and everything. So we became friends and my kids and her kids and Brenda was white. I was black, but we became friends and the people kind of, you know, mm-hmm. her, her father came and he looked just like he was dressed all in black with an overcoat. and was in the summertime. And to me, I was thinking of him like Johnny Cash, right? <laughs> yes. So, my husband was an MP. And so he said to me, and everybody's outside playing because it's summer and the kids and everything. And he says, it's, it's, he says, good to meet you. And I said, thank you. And he said, um, I know that you're a nigger, but oh. you, you made my daughter feel welcome and you're good to my daughter. And I always respect you for that. Wow. And I, Wow, I said, well, thank you, sir. Yeah. Now, the people that heard this conversation, got in, it got into an uproar. Somebody had called the MPs and they was getting ready to, you know, to take him, <laughs> you know, kick him off. And I said, wait, right. no, no, no. I understand. Right. I understand the conversation. He gave mm. me the highest honor and thanking me he for really being did. his daughter. I mean... I was quick to understand that. Yes. But the other people, all they heard was the N word. Right. And so I had to sit there and try to explain, uh, you know, my husband, my husband's like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but I'm saying, I said, but I, I got it. It's okay. It's okay. I'm okay. I didn't take it negatively. It's okay. Right. And, Everybody laughed. I mean, because it was, I, I really understood his essence, what he was trying to say to me. And I got and it. it was coming from a place of gratitude that you didn't see her as a hillbilly or, or poor white trash or any of those things. You saw her for who she really was, your friend. Right. That's incredible. I love, love. And that's exactly why I wanted you on the show is because you <laughs> live your truth. Yeah. And you always have. And when you think about, and I'm not a black woman, so I cannot know what that experience is. I know what it's like to be a lot of other things, but I don't have a base of knowledge with that. Right. So, but I think what you're saying is helping people realize that someone else's perception of you may really be coming from a place of kindness, even if they don't have the words to express that. Oh, yeah. And what I seen in him, whatever perception he had of Black people. Yes. He saw the goodness in me as a Black person that was good to his daughter. Right. So when he stood up and said those words, I can imagine how much it took for him to recognize me as a Black person to say thank you. And to put it into perspective, what time frame historically are we talking about? Like what, what era are we in? Oh, in this 19, 1983. 
Wow. And see, that's, that is so poignant because that is a snap away. That is just, a, that's, not, that's not hundreds of years ago or, you know, it's not that long. And I think to see how much we've progressed in such a relatively short period of time, I don't know about you, Brenda, but that makes me hopeful is all out. Oh, yeah. I mean, but that's the reason I can engage in conversations. Because I really think that God trained me. Without a doubt. I believe that with all my heart and soul. You know, instead of me saying, oh, Denise, I just, I had a hard life and it seemed like I'm not, I can't win for losing. And, and, Mm -hmm. but each time I had a disruption in my life, each time I was hurt. I try to look for the growth and what did I learn from that? Instead of just being pity for myself and just being emotional and let the, the negative grab me and hold me down, I decided to have victory by understanding it right. and at the good of it and saying, okay, this is what I'm going to take from that and I'm going to move on. And that's exactly what you're talking about applying with empowering especially women or women who haven't had a voice Mm -hmm. is saying you can always and it's not Pollyanna glass is always full I truly believe hardship if you look at it from a different perspective can give you a level of empathy compassion and understanding Mm -hmm. for other human beings if you allow yourself to go in that direction if you allow yourself to stay stuck and bitter or resentful, it's closing that door to seeing that beauty in someone else. Yes. And, you know, so many women get into relationships and, you know, they might divorce or whatever. And I've seen women 20 years later talk as as if it just happened yesterday. Right. And you talk about recovery from hurt and pain and you have to question, why am I not recovering in a healthy manner? Like, what is it? When I speak with women, I say, first, you have to be completely honest with yourself. Mm-hmm. And you have to say, I love it. Or I love her. Right. Just, just be honest and say, I do. We're not together. And I know why we're not together. But the reason I'm hanging on, could it be love? That I just haven't, you know, I haven't fell out of love with that person. Because at one point you loved that person so much you married them or you was with mm-hmm. them so long. Recognize that for what it was. Right. Recognize what went wrong and what was the bad part. And then you can take that middle road for you and start recovering and say, okay, I'm gonna walk into my light. I'm gonna walk into my integrity. I'm going to walk in and find out who I am. And you can do that if you do that work, because it's work. It's not just easy work. It's, it's, and that's where you leave your baggage, because if you don't do that in life, you take that baggage of hurt and you take it into the next relationship. And women mm-hmm. are always saying, oh, my God, I did it again. And when am I going, when will I ever learn? I mean, I keep getting the same kind of hurt because you haven't done the work. 
that's a painful realization when you've been either attracting the same job situation, the same partner, the same friendships, the same scenarios in your life. And then when you can get, my own personal belief on this is until you can get to the place of say, what is it within me that I have to continually bring this back into my life? What, what do I need to shift in myself so that I don't need to keep bringing that back in? Because that's a hard one. And most women who are in that situation, think about this, Denise, they in that situation, but if they're on a job and they have a meeting and they say, oh, we're going to do things differently. This is what we're bringing in new computers and that, they adapt to that very quickly. They can adapt, <laughs> right? I mean, right. <laughs> so I, I kind of figured out that just say you're in love. And I was in love with this person and, you know, and it just didn't work out for us. We didn't mm-hmm. see each other's eye to eye. And it was just different perspectives of how we wanted to live life. And it just didn't work out but you're not taking away from someone else to make yourself feel better or to validate your truth and knowing you're, you're owning. I love this person. And I said that once about my ex-husband, I said, you know what? I can't be angry at him because I'm the one that changed. I'm the one that changed the scenario. He's still God love that man is true to himself as he's always been. And I mean that with, right. And, and whatever that may look like, but, my choice, because I think we all stand at that crossroads in these different aspects of our life where we say, I can keep continuing this or holding that resentment or holding that fear, or I can say, you know what, it's not worth it. And I'm going to let it go. And I'm going to just admit that, yes. And I've told my sons that I loved your father very much at one point in my life, it, because I think they need to hear that. And I yeah. think we all make choices along the road that we might look back and say, oh, my goodness, what was I thinking there? I know. But, <laughs> but if you own it and you use it as a stepping stone to find your true voice, it allows you to continue to grow and evolve throughout your time on the planet rather than staying stifled and small. Yeah. Because going back to your story that you shared about Kentucky, if you had reacted in a different way that would have caused a ripple effect for yes. so many people one part that you didn't mention in that story that i loved was the kids were all playing together they didn't care they yes. didn't care about whether the floor was dirty or who what what it didn't matter they were kids playing yes. and i have always said if we could all act like three-year-olds and just see people for who they are that would be, if we could all do that for one day, wouldn't that be amazing? Amazing. amazing. Because they don't care. They care if you're kind. They care if you're thoughtful. They care if you're nice to them. But the rest of it is, is I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the thing I teach in my gerontology class, I have my students go to the, the blackboard, right? I have the young and I have the other side, the old. And I said, name things that an older person wants. And on this side, what are the young people advocating for? What do they want? And so the reason I do that activity is so they can see that both of those generations are so much alike. They want independence. They want the driver's license. 
And yeah. if you're older, you don't want your driver's license taken away. And when you're young, you want a driver's license, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, all the things that, but one thing I do know for, for sure, they're the most honest people. You get a young person, they say, oh, you got a booger in your nose. Oh, you ugly. <laughs> <laughs> and they just tell you, right? And so will, yes. and so will an older person. Get out of here. I don't want to hear that. Yes. That gets that racket gets on my mm-hmm. nerves, right? And I think of Sophia and Golden Girls, right? Because <laughs> they just tell you what exactly is on their mind. And they're very honest. They're very genuine. 99 times out of 100, it is not malicious. It's not mean. It's not yeah. derogatory. It is just the truth. Yes. And and that's exactly what you're saying is when you can find that self-confidence and self-empowerment to speak your truth, it's going to improve your relationships in all aspects of your life. Right. I love that. I love, love, love that. Yeah. Do you find that the, have, did the young people have a hard time figuring out what the old people want, the older people want, like what they're, is that, is it? difficult for them to to find that so yeah because they at first when they do this the the assignment the activity they feel like i'm stereotyping them and i just sit there and watch mm-hmm. them process it. they're looking at me for an answer but i don't give it right and i said no work it out <laughs> you know and i said you, know, you have to decide are you being so it's the exercise in itself it's teaching them about judgment, stereotyping, being discriminative. I mean, it's a remarkable all the things that happens out of that simple assignment. And they have fun doing it. And then when they step back and take a look at it and take a snapshot of it, they go, oh my gosh. You know, they just, you, you take from younger people or they trying to get their independence. Independence is number one for young people. And independence is number one for older persons. And they get it at the and end. Another correlation. Yes. And the, the correlation of both groups want to be seen for who they are. Right. They want to be seen. They want to be accepted. They want to be loved. Right. And that's that universal connection. Again, we all want the same thing. We want to feel valued and appreciated and loved. Right. That's doesn't matter who you are, old, young, what country you're in. We want to feel like we matter. And personally, I think anything we can do as individuals to help someone find that in themselves is the answer to this shift the world is going through right now. Anything we can do as individuals to raise our vibration and help someone else raise theirs will allow us all to step into that light that we want to be in. I like when you said, right, raise the vibrations. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's beautiful. One of the things that happened, and I, I know we need to finish up, but one right before the holidays, and I've shared this before, is that I, I thought in the morning, oh, they're calling in our tickets. And I was talking to a friend, and she said, what are you talking about now? And I said, I know we all agreed to come and help with the shift the world is going through. And Spirit is saying, okay, you agreed to help. It's time to step up. And for you, it's empowering people. It's advocating. It's 
helping people find their voice and knowing who they are as an individual is exactly who they came here to be. And for someone else, it might be they write a song or they build a house or they do some community. It does not matter what your thing is, but it aligns with you stepping into your truth and saying who I am and what I came here to do is exactly enough. Yes. And I think that's part of this, hopefully, one of the lessons. Another reason I have Brenda come on and chat is I love her outlook of life and, and the way she just sees humanity and people. But also, it's not always about whether you wrote a book or you're promoting a program or you have a healing practice. It's just a matter of stepping into your truth and light and saying, what can I do to help? What can I do to find my truth in myself and help someone else hopefully find it? So, Brenda, thank you so very much for coming on and sharing your outlook and your opinions and your insight. I, I'm looking forward to when you, and I, I believe this in my heart, I think you have a voice that needs to do a bigger stage. And whether you choose to do that or not, please know how much you appreciate and value for everyone's heart that you're talking with the work you're doing. And where you are now. But you made it easy to have this conversation, Denise. You know, we we don't know each other as far as face to face, but um, we have a connection. And I, I appreciate that those connect, our minds connect when we talk. And it's a beautiful thing when that happens. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for coming on. And and I think we still need to plan our road trip together, to be honest <laughs> with you. We talked about that. It's an open adventure. Can you imagine two of us on a trip together? <laughs> oh, oh my goodness. Yeah. We'd have some fun. Everyone that's listening, see, this is just another example of be who you came here to be. Connect with people that you may not even know if you have anything in common with. But the really cool part, it could lead to an amazing friendship, connection, like-minded soul to share time with. Thank you again for listening and take care of yourselves. Shine your light. Raise your vibration. We really need you. Please, please take care of yourself. Bye-bye.